Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Evey. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 120. Got a bit of a jam-packed podcast for you this week with all the news from the past seven days from around the club. We've also got two games to talk about. So without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, starting with the Supporters Club. Yep. So one trip to tell you about this week, and that is for next week in the FA Cup first round. Coaches to Gillingham leave at 11am for a 3pm kickoff. The fare for this one is £15 for all categories, including non-members. So bargain price there. You can book by calling the travel line on 077-22-135-970. And please remember that £15 cost does not include your match ticket. You have to pay for it before you get there or online on the Orient Ticketing website if you can get through on it. Absolutely. Also, <laughs> one event to make you aware of is the Starman Awards Dinner. So save the 29th of April in your diaries. It's at the Prince Regent Hotel. The cost is £45, which is less than last year, yep. and you can book through Simon or Linda Brotham in the Supporters Club, um, and I think it's tables 10, um, so yeah, get booking, get reserving ASAP. Yep, some dinner, some awards, some dancing, and you can meet two Orient fun. legends there in the uh, Yeah, I don't know of, who they've got. No, Kent Tegan, oh. Nigel Travis. Yeah, oh, nice. right, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, as always, we like to kind of give announcements when the Orient family expands and there's been two family expansions this week so congrats to Ben Boatman on the birth of Harris Boatman so well done to Ben and congratulations to Barry Twin on the birth of his daughter so congratulations to Barry two new Orient fans entered the world this week we hope all the families are doing well and if you have a new little one let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast congratulations to one and all Monday the 23rd of October then the week that was the 23rd of October um, marked the day, uh, marked the 101st anniversary of the death of Orient legend Richard McFadden. Clapton Orient inside forward and ace goal scorer, scoring 68 goals in 142 Great appearances record. and a finishing top scorer in each of his four seasons at Clapton Orient. McFadden was killed during the Battle of the Somme in 1916 after being seriously wounded by a shell blast while leading a line of troops along a trench in the front line near the village of Serre on October the 22nd. Sadly, he died the following day in a field hospital. Company Sergeant Major Richard McFadden was buried with full military honours in Cooin, I don't know if that's pronounced correctly, British Cemetery on October the 25th, 1916. His loss was a huge blow to all who knew him and followed the deaths of his two Clapton Orient teammates and close friends, William Jonas, and George Scott, we will remember them. And actually, we will be having Steve Jenkins on in the next episode that we that we do, and he will yep. be telling you more about that and more about how you can actually go to uh, on his tour um, to visit these graves, to visit the the battlefields, and so on. Um, so make sure you're listening in the next episode. Yeah, well said. So moving on, Tuesday the twenty fourth of October, we had. Gateshead at home in the cold October evening. So the team was announced of Granger in goal, a back five of Caprice, Ellis, Happy, Willison and Judd, with Clay, McEnough and Brophy in midfield, with Mooney and Bond up front. And on the bench, Sam Sargent, Zane Westbrook, Romy Boko, 
James Dayton and Raul Satoru. Yep, two changes to the starting eleven that played against Macclesfield as James Brophy and Joby McEnough replaced Romy Bocco and James Dayton, who were both named on the subs bench. So your views on the uh, lineup then for Gateshead, Mr. Levy? Yeah, for me, glad that um, Juddy had a starting place in the eleven. Good to see Joby back as well. For me, as I think I've mentioned when uh, a couple of episodes ago, when Ross was here, I'd like to see uh, Romy Bocco starting behind the front too. I think that's the position he favours, and he'd done well. Yeah when played there before yeah. your views yeah I, I, to be fair I understood kind of the way Steve aligned his team up based on Saturday although I said I felt sorry for Dayton as he's a winger um, so being played out of position which he found difficult or has found difficult this season yeah. also noted I thought it was a bit harsh on Clark who's not even in the squad Agreed. he was brilliant against Spagan and Redbridge and since that game we haven't completely seen completely isolated so very harsh on him there so yeah. the match kicked off and I wrote in another subdued atmosphere at Brisbane Road I think we got there five minutes before kick-off and it was really quiet it was just a bit no one could really be asked when they got in the ground really it was one of those wasn't it yeah it wasn't it wasn't electrifying let's put it that way but then it's Gateshead on a Tuesday night it's never going to be that it, you know it just felt a bit flat yeah I would okay. say so we started off with a 5-2-3 formation yeah, Did we? Yeah, with McEnough and Clay. Uh, McEnough and Clay were in the middle, absolutely, yeah. which I thought was a bit odd because McEnough's really a winger. I know he's an experienced player, but I thought that's a bit odd. Well, a few a few players kind of out of their recognised positions. Yeah, like I guess we've touched upon. Yeah, Brophy on the left wing. wing yeah, Bond yeah. on the right wing, and Mooney in the middle. Yeah, and there wasn't much to talk about in the first eight minutes. No team really taking the initiative, but in the ninth minute, Gateshead took the lead with the first real attack of the game. As from a Gateshead throwing, they built up the play. Ball got on to their left-hand side, was crossed in. Um, and Jordan Burrow, once the cross was in, easily beat Joe Riddleson, yeah. who was kind of in a standing position, and Burrow was running onto it. So his movement took him past. I mean, he had more power than Wilson, and his header hit the back of the net, giving Granger no chance in the Orient goal. And it was 1-0 just after nine minutes. Yeah, for me, I think Happy needs to cut out the cross coming in. From you need to stop these things at source. He needs to be. I'm not going to dig the guy out massively here. It's not you know he's he's not the first that hasn't done that, and he certainly won't be the last. But and again for me, Joe Widdison, <coughs> what are you doing? You, you know you've got your man behind you. You need to be doing much much better. You need to be shielding uh, the player out. You need to be shielding the ball better. And you need to be helping your defenders and, and Charlie Granger out because for me, I didn't think that was acceptable. Yeah, very poor goal to concede and one that we've <coughs> seen all too frequently as joint supporters Agreed. this season. So following the goal, Steve Davis changed the formation. To 4 3 3. So he put Bond on the left, Mooney in the middle, and then pushed Caprice up on the right hand side of attack. Not much action to talk about uh, following this, as Orip were looking lost in what was the poorest performance so far against Gateshead. Uh, as Gateshead, sorry, were putting pressure on the O's, trying to find their second goal. Yeah, and when kind of the reaction didn't come from Steve Davis, formation changed. He changed it again, and we went 4 2 3 1, this time with Brophy on the left wing, Bond central with Mooney behind him. and made signs of a desperate man in desperate times by changing it and not really being yeah. impressed with what he was seeing. For me, I would have kept it as it was for at least more of the first half because by changing it so early, I think he flustered some of the players out of position. You know, a lot of the players' body language didn't look right. They looked confused and they didn't know what their true jobs were. And we looked like we were like kittens chasing a light on the floor. You know, someone shines a, a little light and you chase it around. And, you know, no one really looked that organised. Yeah. And to be quite frank... I can't imagine for one second that they've practised, since the Saturday game, that they've practised three different formation changes yeah, in training. Point. So from that perspective, it can't just be that, oh yeah, well we've practised all of them, so they'll all know all their jobs and they'll know everything and it's all going to be wonderful and great. We've tried 
at the start of the season, the 4-2-3-1 formation with Mooney behind Bond, that seemed to work quite well. We tried the 3-5-2 formation, and although we didn't necessarily get the results, that was due to switching off in both boxes. But actually, on the face of it, the 3-5-2 actually worked quite well with three centre-backs, yeah, five on the field and two up front. So why are we now trying a 5-3-2 and a 5-2-3 and a 4-2-3-1 and all in the space of 40 minutes? It, yeah. it just... It's desperate. I don't know. Others will probably use a lot harsher words than that. But for me, it doesn't make sense. And and if you were that confident about what you were setting them up to do, why would you change it three different yeah, times? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Good point. So what? Yeah, it's just confusing. It's just and 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 if it's confusing for me, it must be as confusing for them taking instructions. Yeah, I mean, you got kind of Bond playing that position for some of that half on the wing when he's a centre forward. You have got Dayton in the middle, Joby in the middle. In the middle yeah. Just players who aren't really used to their position. So. Yeah, I agree with you there. And in the 41st minute, Brophy done well. I cut the ball back for Bond, but his shot was easily saved by Hansford. And that yeah, was, was a good pretty save much there. all the action to talk about in the yeah. first half. As one minute just stoppage time was played, and the half-time whistle went to a chorus of boos from the Orient crowd, and probably the boos to be expected. I think, I guess, you know, based on that performance, you're always going to get them. So for me, a poor first half. The team looked all over the place, and the early goal killed us. And we couldn't get any service to the players up front, and the team looked devoid of any ideas or spark. And nobody was communicating on the pitch. I remember Gates had had a corner right in front of us in the south stand and no one yes, was organising the defence. Really quiet. Craig Clay was the most vocal I saw and even yeah. then that takes on. And I couldn't work out if Gates were playing really well or we were that poor. We were making them look good. Maybe a bit of both but we didn't have the best of first halves at all. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Some nice passing at times but we lack movement, drive and real determination to breach their back line. Uh, and obviously, as we've just mentioned a minute ago, why have we changed formation so much? And I think what we've got is a team and a potentially a manager that are lacking a bit of confidence, but also bearing in mind Gateshead just appointed Steve Watson. So they're obviously up in their yeah, game. Course, they're also taking on his philosophy uh, and what he wants to do in the game. So not to discount what they're doing either. They wouldn't have had it easy either. Yeah, I agree. So I we agree. had a few tweets that came in. No, at Stephen underscore... We had quite a lot of tweets that came in actually. <laughs> but a few that we're going to read out now. Stephen underscore Denham said, Lack of leadership and character in the back five causing us a lot of issues as well as our strikers not relieving pressure. And I will say, yeah, this isn't point, to dig actually. him... It's a great point, but not to dig him out too much. Dave Mooney was captain and, and, and wasn't vocal at all. Wasn't cheering the side up, yeah, wasn't encouraging them, wasn't being positive. For me, it was Craig Clay that was doing that. Yeah, good point. Good point. Steve Jones 177 says, This has got to be the worst 40 minutes I've seen. Midfield is awful, totally exposing our defence and offering nothing going forward. One shot all in the first half, and we could easily be two down. The gates are the quicker, stronger, and want this more. I think that last sentence yeah. sums up the first half completely. 100%. LOFC 1971 said, A group of misfit players led by a misfit manager through a weekly change in personnel and formation. Yeah, and Orient Boy said, I thought it was bad under the old regime. But this team has no confidence, no plan A or, or plan B, devoid of ideas, and we cannot defend. So thank you for your views yeah. at half-time for the Gates of the game. They were all views that came into at Orient Outlook. On yeah, attendance was announced at 3,468, with 63 of those hardy souls travelling yeah, well down done. from the North Well done to those so, Gateshead fans. Yeah, fair play. That really is, good. And, and I think it was very respectful that we all clapped them. Yes. Um, because 63 on a Tuesday night from, from Gateshead, well done. The second half kicked off, though, one substitution immediately as James Dayton came on for Joe Widdison. Don't know why that happened. Dayton goes to right wing, Caprice to right back, and Juddy moved to left back. I think in his post-match interview, Widdison picked up a straight a knock of yeah, some okay. sort. So second half started, we looked a bit livelier, I would say, at the start of the second half, following the introduction of Dayton, seemed to be wanting the ball. We looked like we are a bit more up for it, so... 
fitness cost we could equalise in the 57th minute Mac and I've got booked for a late challenge for me that was pure frustration there from Joby I think he was so frustrated he wasn't having the best of evenings and I think he took it out there and I was hoping he'd, get, he'd be subbed at some point because I didn't think he was having the best of games there for me. A few people around us saying that, yeah. weren't they? That, that he wasn't the best, but then he wasn't playing with his favoured wing formation, uh, yeah. wing position. So real, real turning point came for us in the 65th minute um, as the best chance for us came following Caprice putting in a, a decent, a very decent cross. Gateshead cross. defender missed it, swinging wildly, as you've noted here. Missed the kick and the ball. It dropped to, to Dave Mooney, um, who I don't think was expecting it to drop to him. Um, sort of couldn't get it out from under his feet. Um, he was only a few yards out. I don't think it was more than sort of five, six, maybe seven yards out. Um, and, and for me, it's just sort of getting it over that line and he didn't because the keeper's come out, closed him down, it's hit his legs and, you know, rightly, David Mooney looking totally dejected after that miss. I think he was I think he was surprised and shocked that it fell to him and then surprised and shocked that he'd not been able to put that away. Yeah, I mean, you'd think Mooney would eat that goal for dinner yeah. all week long but in the ground it looked horrific. It looked like he had so much time. It was untrue. On TV it looks not as bad as what it did being in the ground. I agree. Looks a lot quicker and in, like you said, he didn't expect the ball, but once it comes to him, it takes him a couple of touches to get it out of his feet. And then when he does, he's bang in the middle of the goal, so he's got no angle to put the shot away. And so he shoots low, probably the right thing to do, and the keeper yeah. just saved it. But that just summed up our evening. At that point, you're just thinking, just blow the full-time muscle now, ref. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, he should have done better. That would have obviously changed the game. And for me, at that point, I was so frustrated. I won't say what I actually said in the ground, but... Um, no, you probably shouldn't. <coughs> but for me... You shouldn't be missing them. No, I think if that goes... Easier said than done, sitting in the stand in the comfort of my seat, but... I think if that goes in, we'll probably win that game. Like, we probably go on to win the game with 25 minutes left. I think it gives the stadium a real buzz, a real lift, and I think it gets that confidence back in the team, and I think we'll go, we go on to win that, because I think Gateshead didn't play for the draw, yeah. and I think we pushed forward, and I think I do believe we would have won that had that gone in. I think we certainly wouldn't have lost that 2-0. Well, obviously we'd have lost that 2-0. I, don't, I certainly obviously. don't think we'd have lost that. <laughs> <laughs> However, it didn't go in. We digress. <laughs> 67th minute in, Rule Satoru came on for David Mooney, as probably expected after that, and Romy Boko came on for Joby McEnough. So good to see Davis making a few subs earlier than what he normally does, and a double substitution, trying to influence the game. Yeah, and in the 76th minute, Clay, uh, Craig Clay shoots just wide, following some nice build-up yeah. play. Was, yeah, was decent play, but that in was, the 80th yeah. minute, <clears throat> game effectively over, as we considered a terrible second goal, a real gift to the Gateshead team and they're travelling away fans as a long ball was played up quite harmless and how many times do you see this a central defender and goalkeeper both coming for the same ball <clears throat> apparently Granger has shouted we saw quite a few tweets saying Granger shouted to Ellis to leave it and then others saying he didn't others saying he didn't Ellis heads it towards Granger over Granger's head leaving just, yeah, Burrow just, just round him with an absolutely just... easy tap and with nobody in front of him making it 2-0 and at that point game over and a <laughs> mass accident of Orient fans leaving the stadium with 10 minutes to go as we were heading towards another home defeat. Yeah, nothing really much else to talk about for, as four minutes of injury time were added on. Bocco was teed up for a shot which he completely miskicked and really summed up the evening. <laughs> that, yeah, was, that, that was, was funny. That was funny. But I don't think, even if he'd have got his shot away, I still don't think he would have he would have scored there. There was too many bodies in the way. Just summed up the evening, didn't it? Completely. Yeah. Full-time whistle, <clears throat> excuse me, full-time whistle went a chorus of boos and chance of Davis out as the O's suffer another home defeat as his terrible run continues and we went to post-match and you call I saw I called the George Sessions interview that we're going to play it's five minutes long 
But I think George asked some really good questions and maybe explains some things that maybe some Orient fans are still asking. So here it is. This is Steve Davis's post-match interview with George Sessions on Tuesday night. Steve, you changed formation, obviously, a number of times and you know, it seemed to affect the players negatively rather than positively. They seemed sort of confused. Well, we'd already done. We'd already told them how we were going to play. If if that wasn't working, you know, if there was going to be any changes, we'd already made those changes previous before the game. So they knew how to slot into those positions. Um, it was then how we could perform that on the pitch. Um, so it was already pre-planned. Um, if because we knew we sort of knew how they were going to play, and, and we thought if there was any gaps or any problems that we might have this that we could solve it with certain things that we did on the pitch um, so the players knew um, we talked about it before you know, we always talked to one or two of the experienced players to try and get a message on and they knew that if we were going to change it the message would come at some point in the game um, and it came earlier than I anticipated with those um, sort of player changes uh, sort of Brophy kind of you know, left midfielder left centre midfielder really and sort of Caprice as a right wing, right wing forward I think at, at some stage even though those players aren't really they're not used to those positions really Yeah I think we, we used the players that were on the pitch we didn't want to make a substitution after 10 minutes you know, it would have been right to have done that so we knew we, we tried to utilise the 10 11 players that were on the pitch um, and Brophy's played there before he's played there for Swindon he's played it as a number 10 and he's played as a left side midfielder so we knew we could do that Joby and, and him uh, and Brophy give us a little bit more thrust going forward. Didn't show that tonight, but and Craig's the only real holding player. When you've got five defenders on the pitch, you don't want too many more in front of that. So that was the reason for having two attacking players in the front positions in a, in a, in a three. Um, eventually, we managed to get um, Moons and, and Maka more central. I didn't know how uh, he was going to play that position. Macca was supposed to be playing a little bit more as a centre forward, a little bit narrower than he was. He ended up on the wing far too much um, in that in that first system. And you know, I, I take blame for that because uh, he's obviously he's more effective down the middle. And and Moon's obviously to come off and play up there a little bit more than Brophy on the left wing, where, where he's um, you know where he can get in behind people. And Jake, to be fair, was a winger before he came a fullback. So. We know he can do that. It's it's not it's not something that we've just thrown at them. It's something that we know they can do, and and they've done it before. As I say, in the week in training, we've seen that. So it's just, it's just whether it works on the night, and tonight it didn't work. Of course, and in terms of you know, just going back to Saturday, obviously, you know, publicly was was unhappy with the players. You know, in terms of their reaction tonight, no sort of you know, feelings from yourself that the dressing room not behind you because obviously they no, didn't no. start well, didn't they? I think you need to speak to the players about that. They're they're all 100. percent you know, I think even coming out of the dressing room, just you know, George and all the other players were in there venting their frustration the same way as I have. Um, you know, because we care, we want to put it right, and, and I think everyone's feeling that at the moment. It's, it's a tough time, and we've got to get through it. And, and the only way to get through it is be positive. You know, we want the supporters to be with, behind us and stay with us because we will we will get it right. And can you understand their frustrations? Obviously? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm a, bit, I'm a fan myself. I'm, I've been a fan all my life watching Wolverhampton Wanderers so I know exactly how I feel obviously they're top at the moment so they're doing alright but, <laughs> but listen I know I've come out of the ground many times and thought that was terrible but I've been back the next week to support the team and that's I think that's what a fan does he, um, he goes through the, the highs and the lows and they've had a lot of I understand fully they've had a lot of lows here and you know it's easy and I get it 100% that the first time there is a, a run like this in the previous seasons you know managers have been replaced and, and I understand that I get that fully and I understand why tonight they were frustrated and booing because the performance wasn't at the level that I expect never mind themselves 
Um, and listen, I'll, I'll take that on the chin. I'm, I'm quite happy to take that. And, but what I've got to do is try and turn this group of players around and, and be positive. And, uh, and you know, if I'm not positive, then you know we're not going to we're not going to turn it around. So, and that's what I'll do. That's that. From tomorrow, it'll be uh, we'll talk about it and see where we can improve again. Try and end with the positives. Any chance for people like Alex Lawless, Matt Harold, you know, some of them will be back for Wrexham on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt we're hoping we'll be back for, for Wrexham. Uh, again, you know, games like this, we need somebody up there. We, we don't have that big target, which we brought in. You know, Matt's, Matt's just never been fit at the moment. You know, he, he came uh, only having played one 90 minutes. And, you know, we've pushed him and, and he's broke down. We've brought him back uh, quickly and he's broke down again. So, you know, he scored at Tramia but broke down after that game. So, it's... it's um, we felt that he needed three weeks and we tried to give him three weeks even though we could have done with him tonight. Um, you know, I could have done with him out there tonight but hopefully Wrexham will be, he'll be involved in some respect. Alex, I'm not sure. Um, he's had a growing problem and you know, Joby's also had a growing problem played tonight. As I say, Widdison now has got a sore hamstring so we, we, the numbers keep adding up so uh, I'm not sure he better bring boots on uh, Saturday he might get a game. Cheers, so that was Steve Davies uh, speaking to George Sessions post-Gate says so thank you to George for letting us use that interview and thank you obviously to the club for letting us go to the post-match conferences but I thought there some great questions there from yeah uh, some really good and to the George point interesting. And, and credit to Steve as well he didn't shirk any of them no he didn't at all. Um, he didn't get funny about any of them because there were some pretty direct questions there yeah. and, and, and Steve Steve's an honest guy and I think people need to understand that he's an honest straight up guy who does want to do well, it's just not going for him at the moment. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, he gave some pretty straight-up answers yeah, there, uh, so. I thought. So that that defeat meant that we slipped down to 19th place in the National League with 17 games played. We are on 18 points. Full National League table roundup will follow later in the podcast because we played Wrexham yesterday. So dare I ask, in your views on Gateshead at home? Yeah, so... I've got to be honest here and say how annoyed and frustrated I was with what, in my opinion, was a totally unacceptable performance. And I think, for me, one of the worst I've seen in ages. And considering the past three years, that really does say something. Um, I guess it didn't help that Steve Davis made several formation changes during the game. Uh, Mooney missing from a few yards out was a particular low point for me. The senior pros, in my opinion, really need to take a long, very hard look at themselves. And I think Steve Davis also needs to consider... Uh, what he's doing because it doesn't seem like he's making it easy for them. Uh, again, I've got no issue with Steve coming out and criticising some of the performances. I think it shows he cares. But also credit to him for admitting some of the stuff he tried didn't work and they're his mistakes and and, and you learn from it. Unfortunately, we're now in the cut and thrust of a season. We're nearly halfway through the season and now's not really the time to be, in my opinion, tinkering around with the squad. That's what you do in the first in our situation, the first 10 games, the first quarter of the season and see what works. For me, it's not really the place in the season to be doing that, but I don't want to go on and on about that. Me? Your views? Yeah, you know, for me, the worst performance of the season by far. Terrible start from the same old situation again. You know, easy crossing to the box, easy header, and we were a goal down. I think the team sets up was all wrong once the formations had been changed. Um, and the players looked lost and had no direction but saying that as we've already said if Mooney scores we probably go on and win that game yeah true second goal just perfectly summed up comical error game over and Bocco's last minute miss kick was just you know another cherry on the cake no yeah. positives to take from that match really apart from the fact we should have lost by more players need to stand up and be counted as it's all going very wrong Steve needs to take a look at himself and ask what he can be doing better and obviously, you know, we go to the press conference and um, 
they hit the nail on the head by saying Orient fans can forgive some things but can't forgive a team performance like that and I completely agree agree with him and a tweet pointed out towards the end of the evening that Gates had only won one of the last 11 games yet looked very comfortable tonight and I think that summed it up don't think really they'd well. won and I need to you need to check but I don't think they'd won on the road since April no I think you're, I think you're right with that one um, someone, so someone tweeted that, that just shows you what kind of we find ourselves up against at yeah, the moment exactly so but they've got new manager syndrome as we said last week as well so everyone yeah you know, raises their game. So those were our views. Yeah. Uh, your views, and obviously we had a huge amount of feedback, as you can imagine, after this match. So thanks to everyone um, on our social media accounts who posted their views. We do try to read out as many as we can, um, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with yeah. them. We put everything in for balance, and it's not for us to dictate people's views. So I like the way you've done that. So first, start off with an email. There's a warning of a word in there that I'm not going to say it. Right, Don't worry. Okay. So first, email to read out from Glenn. Bevan who said we need to forget uh, our previous owner we are yeah. 17 league games into the new season still haven't said his name I think for a long time which is great our league position has nothing to do with the previous regime it is entirely to do with the ineptitude of the current management I love Lingy and you can't not love Kent Teague for saving the club but our league position right now lays entirely at their door Ling made a mistake with Davis Everyone makes mistakes and he didn't have long to make the appointment, but the mistake needs to be rectified. We should be top 10 comfortably, with the exception of Lawless. I can't name a bad player in our squad. Davis is now on par with Liverani for the underperformance of the squad. Maybe a bit harsh. Uh, we are going down and it is totally unacceptable. <coughs> so if you have too many characters, you can email us like uh, blended at orientoutlook.com. Com. Absolutely. But at Lenin4 tweeted us saying, with all the tactical meddling I saw out there and the lack of reaction from the team, I know the players aren't playing for Davis. He has to go. Yet, I am underscore emo says, clueless. Repeat of last season. No confidence and tactics were all wrong and now no league win in nine. Time for a change. Every team that turns out to Brisbane Road looks fitter, more tactically aware and wants it more. I think that's a great last sentence. So that's where you, how do you do that? Orient said, it's beyond a joke now. I don't want to sack him after recent years and genuinely think he's a nice guy and wish him well, but this is unacceptable. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73. So Steve Davis reminded me so much of Slade at me, the manager, but it's become obvious that Steve isn't a good man-manager and the players want him out. At CM Oriental said, I feel for the owners who must feel as frustrated as us fans. Clearly it's not working, so something has to give. Ling is also culpable here. Yeah, it's quite interesting. This is the first kind of game where you've seen quite a lot of tweets come out against Ling. Ling we yeah. had a few against Steve, but Ling started to be mentioned a lot more in tweets. At Nigel Lad White says, When Ling threw together a bunch of has-beens and journeymen, I knew results like this would be the inevitable outcome. Ling and Davis out. At Billy Herring 3 said, I've supported Davis, but after tonight he has to go. Three formation changes in the first 45 minutes speaks volumes. Yeah, at Gibbsy ESP says, It's the same every game. The spine is weak, basic defending is dire, and we cannot score. The players are not playing for the manager, and I can't see a plan. I think he'll resign. Gibbsy, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> at Chaz Port said, I wasn't 100% sure Davis should go, but I am now. How many players played out of position and how many times did the formation change tonight? Yeah, at do you pedal underscore TW says, the midfield seemed non-existent today. We had so many chances and we didn't finish one. Don't get why Westbrook hasn't been given a chance yet. At Wings Mad said, the players are better than this, lacking in confidence, tactics and leadership. First time I've said this, but Davis must go. Yeah, London Gary W says, we played well on Saturday and we were unlucky to lose. So why change it? It smacks of desperation. 
Sorry, but it may be time for a change. MP Allen 222 said, We knew this league wouldn't be easy. We knew we wouldn't go straight back up, but this is unacceptable. Two points from nine games is pathetic. What's changed from the last era? We might be stable off the pitch, but it's still the same on it. Davis out. Yeah, Jack Coates 14 says, That was an embarrassing performance. Then players should be ashamed of themselves. Mooney misses a sitter, and Ellis gave them a goal. At Sean Mercer underscore said, That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Devoid of ideas and no respect for the badge or fans. Hashtag Davis wow. out. At Garden Courtman says, A very poor first half, followed by a terrible Mooney miss and in comical defending. Is that Davis's fault? The confidence is absolutely shot, and you yeah. like that one, yeah? Good tweet, that, I thought. Yeah, at M0PHO said, I don't remember a game that bad last year. I thought the last two games we played well. God knows what's happening behind the scenes. Poor. And Pierce Race team says, with a visible structure to the team, the supporters will back them, but tonight was just all over the place. How many formations do you need? Yeah, at El Castaneto said, these are not terrible players. Something is missing now. No clear plan on creating or preventing goals. Uh, no leadership on or off the pitch. If Davis is the man, prove it. Pick the best 11 players, regardless of age, and show you can win a game. If not, let someone else do it. Yeah, Steve F one says, Sheffield United away in the Cup last year was the most inept O's performance I've ever seen. But that was close. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Cowland said, inexcusable, embarrassing and inept. Why play formations that players are incapable of slotting into? Some players need to look at themselves. Yeah, another good tweet there. It's only one team. It's so poor. Team going through the motions. Haven't learned how to play versus teams in this league. Passing always going backwards with no end product. Do you know what? I think that's another very good tweet there. Some great tweets in this one. Yeah, at Hopeboy291 said, Relegation form. Keep thinking. Well, at least we have a football club, but eventually people will stop turning up as the quality continues to decline. We're an easy touch, no steal, poor defensively and impotent up front. That last sentence is actually a really good point yep. as well. And the final word on Gateshead from that digger H seven seven three zero four six is Davis losing the dressing room. Certainly looks like it by tonight. Worst performance this season by a mile. So thank you for all <coughs> the tweets, as Paul said, loads in after the Gateshead game. And those are all tweets that came into at Orient Outlook. And we mentioned so many basically to get as much of a balanced view as possible. But certainly after that match, a lot of Davis out tweets, a lot of Ling out tweets, a lot of people questioning why there were so many formation changes. And we hope playing some of Steve Davis's interview will give some answers that. Yeah. across that. Yep, so Prediction League update. So well done to at Jack underscore Gibbo7, at Elmo John 7 at David Sears3, who correctly predicted 0-2. Sounded American, that didn't it? Zero two, two guys <laughs> in the end zone. Um, two nil to uh, Gateshead. Full prediction league roundup will follow at the end of this podcast. Yep. So Wednesday, the twenty fifth of October, then the youth team were in action at Brisbane Road in the FA Youth Cup against Hornchurch and came up four nil winners thanks to a double strike from Sam Dorby and a goal mm. each from Hector Kiprianu and Teddy Perkins. So well done to the young O's who move on to the first round of the cup. And we'll have a bit more on that a bit later. Absolutely. Happy birthday to Macaulay Bond because it was his birthday on Thursday the 26th yeah, of October. Birthday, 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 Macca. And then Mooney Friday, obviously, 27th of October. The club confirmed that the youth team play their first round FA Cup youth match will be against Bibblesway Town at home on Wednesday the 8th of November. This one will kick off at half past seven. Five pound for adults. But if you have a season ticket, a bargain price of £3. So moving on in to Saturday, the 28th of October. So we wish a happy 21st birthday to O's Aloni Zane Westbrook to be 21 again. And a happy 22nd birthday 
to Pierre Fleet. Uh, and Paul, you love the mug. Brilliant mug. mug. Yeah. yeah, really great mug. Remember, it's not a cup. Like it. Brilliant line. Like Absolutely it. brilliant. And then later on in the morning, the under-18s drew a tour with Dagenham and Redbridge with Sam <coughs> Dolby getting one of the goals. Not sure who got the other. Um, so well done to the young on a decent week there. Yeah, and then we had Wrexham away. Team lined up with Charlie Granger in goal, Jake Caprice, Mark Ellis, Jamie Sendles-White, Happy... Uh, and Brophy uh, at the back with Westbrook, Dayton and Bocco in the middle and Mooney and Bond up top. Substitutes are Sergeant Judd, Clay, Harold and Soterio. Yep, so that meant Judd and Clay dropped to the bench. Willowson and McEnough missed out as Brophy, Dayton and Bocco all started along with Westbrook who was making his first start for the O. So your views on the team, Mr. Levy? Yeah, absolutely. Not really sure for me about Jamie Sendles, White or Ellis over Clark but interesting to see Westbrook start as well as Bocco. Also good to see uh, Clay drop to the bench for me. I don't think he's been particularly on good form. Uh, I think he needs a break. And also good to welcome back Matt Harold. I think Judd, uh, Juddy will also feel disappointed about being benched. Yeah, my views, I think a decent team there. I think if Harold is fit, proper fit, Mooney gets dropped there. Would have liked to have seen Clark back in the team for Ellis. And Judd unlucky to drop to the bench. And interesting to see Clay on the bench as well. As Westbrook yeah. starts, Mackinough. Not on the squad, so injured again, or maybe just dropped after the midweek performance. Possibly. We because bearing see. in mind his age, he can't, and he's coming back from injury, to play two games in a week with the travelling and all the rest of it. Yeah, maybe. Probably not the best thing. But uh, we weren't able to be there, um, but um, joining us this week to talk about the match is birthday boy, Daniel Santon. Hello, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, good. good. How are you? Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good stuff. So, journey up there, pretty decent, pretty straightforward? Yeah, pretty straightforward, decent. Um, it was uh, more like a home game um, compared to the Barrow trip. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, pretty straightforward, a 9-10 out of Houston. Um, and it got us in uh, about 12 o'clock, just before. Bit of a journey then. But um, So, what were your thoughts on the team lineup? As you, as you would expect it, or...? Yeah, um, again, like you said, a bit shocked, um, a bit of the changes, um, but I think maybe, you know, it needs to change it around a, a little bit, um, and it, it proved, in the end, it proved um, proved well. Yeah, so obviously you made, made a massive effort to get up there, and just 42 seconds into the game, a terrible start for us, as we fell behind, as a defective cross comes to Chris Holroyd, <coughs> who headed past Granger, and we were 1-0 down. Tell us about the goal, Dan. Yeah, but it caught me a bit cold, if I must be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, I sort of hadn't even settled down yet, and uh, turned around, and uh, and there it was uh, in the back of the net. Um, I haven't really watched it back yet, um, but uh, but yeah, it caught me cold, and um, I uh, obviously was told about it uh, <laughs> from from others. Um, but yeah, it was a bit disappointing to start with. Yeah, I think it was about 42 seconds, so less than a minute on the clock. It's it's never a, it's never a good start, but you must be thinking, oh, here we go again, if they've scored one goal in the first minute. Yeah, I mean, here we go again, everyone's sitting there again, you know, hyped up to start with the players come out, everyone's hyped up, and, and a minute in, and everyone's sitting down with their arms folded. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it didn't really do do very well, but, you know, give the players their due, they, they, they battled on, um, and to come back twice... Um, I thought they did well. Yeah, we Brilliant. did. So we started coming back into it, and in the tenth minute, we had a goal ruled out for offside as Bond put the ball foul. in the net for a foul. Was that was that a foul? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Not too sure. It, it was it was quite hard to see as a, as the my photo on social media. Um, it was a it was a, a bit of a, a bad view that we had. 
Um, but uh, yeah, not, again, not too sure until okay. I see it back. Cool. No worries. Then in the 13th minute, McCree's uh, cross curls inside the post and Granger dived uh, to palm the ball behind. And then in the 21st minute, Jamie Sendles-White has an effort cleared off the line at the back post and Bon is blocked in his follow-up just two minutes later. Uh, he wasn't be oh so yeah to he wasn't to be denied as as we equalised Bon yeah. got the equaliser. What do you think of the goal, Dan? Because we obviously yeah, it haven't great. seen it. Yeah, it was uh, obviously from a corner as well, uh, which uh, which doesn't come very um, often. very often. No, no. So yeah, it's uh, we're getting there, and obviously you know post match, um, Davis talks about Ellis um, get doing him in his career. So uh, hopefully. We can get some more whipped in and uh, and, and get, get his head on it. Yeah, this, this one is the first one from Macaulay Bond. Oh, sorry, this is the first one, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's um, all right. Yeah, no, again, um, you know, it, it, it came off and it went back in, which was, came off and, and went back in again, which was which was great. So Bond gets his another goal of the season and good to see Bond on the score sheet. I think it's meant to be a cross, yes, I think definitely. some people have said. Yeah, but was it, was it a cross? Was it a cross, Dan, or was it a shot in your No, opinion? it wasn't. It, uh, it, was, it, was definitely, it was definitely definitely, a cross. It was a very good cross as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the wind had a little bit of a um, little bit of say-so in it, if I must be honest. Brilliant. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say it was a very, very good cross. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, we pulled it, we pulled it back to 1-0, and in 27th minute, Brophy drove forward and got the ball to Bocco, who shot over. So it sounds like we were, we're having a bit of decent play and possession. Yeah. In the 42nd minute, Granger called into action, as he say from Hurst. What was the rest of the first half like then? Yeah, it was um, it was it was end to end. To be honest, I, I thought we'd done really well. Um, I thought they were, you know, they're third in the league. I thought they were an average side. To be honest, they weren't, you know, much just much like we've had this season. They weren't special. Um, I thought we we played we played as well as them, um, and you know when we were when we were drawing at one one, I, I think we could have we could have nicked it. To be honest, um, I think we done really well. Um, you know we had a chance we had a chance off the off the crossbar, uh, and thirty seconds later they went down the other end and and scored. Yeah, um, it was really end to end stuff, um, but I think that's probably the confidence that we need. Yeah. Yeah, taking a draw away from home that's where you wanna, what you want to be doing so we played one minute of stoppage time the half time also goes at one all obviously frustrating to have fallen behind so early but, but good to see Bond back on the score sheet and equalise and we go in level at half time obviously a very different team talk going in one all having come back from such an early uh, misdemeanour if you like yeah so um, the attendance was announced at 4,432 with 256 away fans making the journey what was the atmosphere like in the, in the away stand yesterday Dan? yeah it was uh, yeah it was really good uh, it was um, it was it was a good atmosphere um, Mr Kenty came up uh, in the second half uh, and come and um, stood with the with the fans um, which uh, lifted actually did lift um, the, the, the fans um, to, to make more noise uh, and to, to, to chant more um, to show him what we you know what we're about so it made it uh, it did make a, a, a bit of a difference love yeah. it brilliant I love it absolutely love that so the second half kicked off no changes at half time for Orient and the first 10 minutes um, in the second half Wright has a shot deflected behind and Pearson headed wide for Wrexham also Bond saw a shot deflected wide so again it looked quite action packed in, in the first 10 minutes yes yes it was yeah. It was very action-packed, yeah. And then, I guess you've already mentioned it, but let's move on to the 68th minute. Dayton 
hits the bar with the keeper beaten. I guess that's just typical of Orient's luck at the moment. Is it good effort? Yeah, it does, yeah. So from, from our perspective, that goes an inch lower. We go into one. It's a game changer, right, Dan? It is a game changer. I mean, you know, let's be fair, this this uh, this crossbar has been a bit uh, bit naughty to us this season. Um, I think it needs to probably be cut out and, and gone up a bit, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, crossbar has um, not been our friend. Yeah, it's not been our friend. There's been a, a few, hasn't there? There's been a few at home, yeah. And um, obviously the one yesterday. Um, so it hasn't been hasn't been the best of friends to us. No, and just three minutes later, as we've seen all too often, we don't have the luck. But in Wrexham score and take the lead two one as Holroyd got his second of the game. How what, how, what was that goal like? Uh, again, it was sloppy at the back. Um, it was it was sloppy. It, they went you know they went off the ball off the boil. Um, uh, you know, like I said, we could have we could have scored that, and we would have been in the lead. And they, they took your eye off of it, and it it, it got shot up, up play, and and that was it. In okay. the middle, a, a guy was a guy was on his own, and and it went in. So okay. two one down with nineteen minutes left in the seventy third minute. Matt Harold came on, returned from injury, came on for David Mooney. And the 76th minute, Ellis went down after colliding with Masanka, but was okay to continue. Ellis likes, well, Ellis seems to be always in the thick of it, either yeah. getting punched in the nose or headbutted or running his head. Players, yeah. Where some players won't. <laughs> in the 80th minute, Craig Clay replaced James Dayton. And then in the 82nd minute, Jake Caprice puts in a low cross that's deflected. Uh, and Dunn parried it away. Yeah, but we weren't to be denied. As in the 85th minute, we actually scored from a corner move. So corner came in, Ellis, the powerhouse that is, heads it into the back of the net and makes it 2 all. What was that goal like, Dan? What was the reaction like in the uh, when amazing, the goal goes in? Absolutely amazing. Uh, everyone, uh, as soon as it went in, everyone ran to Kent. He ran <laughs> to us. Um, we had a big cuddle. Um, and uh, he just went absolutely crazy. We all went crazy. And we did think, you know, we thought that uh, we could, we could grab the winner, um, but it, it wasn't to be. But it was a it was a cracking goal. Everyone yeah. was amazed, uh, obviously, that it went in from a from a corner as well. Yeah, first time in. I can't remember when time. the last time we scored from a corner or a set piece. I think it's been years. It's been a while. Yes, it has. It's yeah. been a while. So the rest of the game was played out like you said. We couldn't couldn't find a winner. So the final whistle win, given the O's a deserved point. Uh, but only our third out of an available 30 as the final whistle goes and we draw two at Wrexham. But I, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw this go on for about, two, although it's five minutes of injury time that we've noted, I think it went on to like six or seven minutes or maybe even eight. Yeah. And, yeah, and Charlie Granger to, uh, at the end. It went on to about eight minutes, I think. To be honest with you, we had to leave early because we was on the early train. Um, so we was, um, we was a bit... Uh, we was hoping that it wouldn't be a lot of uh, a lot of injury. Uh, we left when the board went up at five minutes, uh, and we okay. was walking around the ground uh, and listening to it. <laughs> uh, we also had the right tried to have the radio on, but there was no commentary. Um, but yes, it went on for about eight minutes. I think um, Granger was down injured. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So to kind of sum up, then give your views on the match yesterday. Was it was it a deserved point? Good decent um, performance. Yes. Taking a draw to, to start with, um, I think it was deserved. Um, we could have, you know, we could have got uh, the winner, um, but it let, this is the start. I think you need to start. We've got to start somewhere, um, and and a draw certainly away from home it is going to start. You know, hopefully start it, start the ball rolling to 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 only get better. Um, I think Steve Davis has done, you know, done what he had to do. He's, had, he's changed it around. 
Um, and I just think they need to, you know, that's, they need to take that forward. And it couldn't yeah. be worse than what we saw on Tuesday night. No, it couldn't. No, it, it, it definitely wasn't any as worse as what we saw on Tuesday night. Um, you know, he's changing things around. I thought Westbrook done really well. I think Davis. I'm, I'm pleased that Davis gave him chance um, to start the game. Yeah. Um, because we only see him, you know, come on as a substitute. Um, he done well again. Obviously, Clay's, Clay's done well when he's come on. Um, and I just think they they need to, you know. They need to talk more. I think Granger needs to definitely needs to talk to his back four uh, a lot more. Um, you know, once once that happens and they've got their confidence, then there's no reason why we can't you know go up the league. Yeah, good points. And a last question for you, Danny, because it's come up quite a lot and it still keeps coming up. Davis in or Davis out for you? It's a hard one. <laughs> It's a hard one. Yesterday, yesterday after 42 seconds, it was Davis out. <laughs> Today, it, it's Davis in. I think you. I think it's you know they're my opinions, but I think you've got to give them a chance. Yes, um, but we keep falling down. Then no, we need to get rid of him. Um, it, we can't. You can't drop more. The further we go down, listen. No one wants to do a yoke. No. We need to. We need to build its confidence. My question is, what does he do five days a week or six days a week? Um, all right, the players, as soon as they cross the white line, it's down to them. But at the same time, it's down to Davis because, you know, he's, he's, he's training them and he's telling them what to do, you know, on the training pitch. Um, so at the moment, give them a chance. Next week means nothing. So we go out there next week and hopefully we can, you know, show the rest of the league what we're about. Um, it gives us a bit of time to, you know, to, to gel again, uh, and we go again on um, uh, Epsfleet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant, Dan. Thank you very much indeed for coming no on. Really appreciate it, top man. I'll speak no. to you soon. No worries. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Bye. Happy birthday. Yeah, bye. happy birthday, bye. So those were the views of Dan Santon, who was there yesterday. So we thank Dan for coming on the podcast. And if you go to an away game that we can't be at, please let us know, as we'd love to have more Orient fans talking about the away day experience. So yeah. Dulcet Dave, after the game, spoke to Steve Davis, who said, to fight back and to score from a brave header was what we deserved from that performance. We showed what we could do today. We battled away, and I was pleased by our reaction after a poor start as we kept playing our football. Zane Westbrook was excellent. He's a very good young player. McCauley Bond was trying to cross the ball for his goal, and James Dayton was very unlucky and that was more like the Mark Ellis I know. So that is what Steve Davis had to say to Dave Victor after the match. So in the league now, that means we are 19th in the National League after 18 games. So we have won five, drawn four and lost nine, giving us a 19 points and a minus eight goal difference. So lots still to do in the National League. So Mr Levy, your views on yesterday? Yeah, really pleased we got a draw, especially against an informed team high up in the league. So it's interesting to hear Dan say... Um, that they didn't really look like yeah. much, which just tells you that you don't need much in this league. You just need to be organised and well-drilled. Having twice come from behind shows there is some character in fighting the team, and it looks like the 3-5-2 formation works better for us, and Steve should keep to it. I text a friend during the game saying, I'm not a fan of Ellis, and ten minutes later, we yeah. got the equalising goal. That is football for you. Which makes up for his gaffe on Tuesday night. Uh, great video by Home and Away bloggers, um, vloggers, I beg your pardon, of Kent Teague celebrating. That for me is, is fantastic and fits extremely well with what Dan was saying earlier. No one should ever doubt his passion 
or commitment. Anyway, something to build on and welcome the FA Cup match next week as a nice distraction. Yeah, nice. For me, yeah, decent yeah. away point after the start that we had and especially after Tuesday night's performance. Good to see Bond get another goal this season and well done to Ellis for equalising. Sounded like the boys showed great character to equalise twice and sounded like the second goal for Wrexham was against the run of play. Saying Westbrook getting a lot of credit on social media so it sounds like he had a good game and sounds like James Dayton was very unlucky not to score. Well done to Stephen Ross for sticking to their formation and not panicking after a goal down so early in the match and a huge credit to the 256 away fans who made the journey with Agreed. credit to our club. So those were our views. So your views at Orient Steve 72 says Steve Davis lives to fight another day. We need to buy a win. Use the FA Cup now to give others in the squad a chance. Yeah, SDM Phillips. I don't think I've read out a tweet from SDM Phillips Not before, so welcome. Well, it's about time they showed something. Still conceded after 40 seconds and celebrating a draw in the conference. We should be worried. January is going to decide if we get relegated or not. Hashtag shambles. Bendy Bollard says, hopefully a turn in the right direction. Well done to the boys for coming back from a difficult away game with something. John Macker, 1977, said, great performance from the boys. Showed great character and fight to the end. Great bravery from Charlie Granger at the death. Cannot believe that people were slating the manager with 15 minutes of the game still remaining. Call yourself supporters. Defence still needs work still. Defence needs work still, sorry, but a much improved performance is something to build on. Time to look forwards and not backwards. Hashtag Davis yeah, in. That's Spenno011. It's from the radio commentary. We definitely dug in deep and I don't think you can ask any more from the team today. Well played, boys. Yeah, we haven't actually mentioned how well Charlie Granger actually did. He made some, some from what I was listening to on, on uh, Ozone, put his body on the line and made some, some crucial saves. Well, a hero of the week last week, I think on Tuesday night, both goals couldn't be helped and sounds like he had a decent match yesterday so well done to young Charlie yep um, Spenno 011 no. yeah Richie J Bourne said after a poor start a good fight back but enough to keep Davis in a job no oh at Orient Dave says would have taken a draw all day long a great result and great spirit shown something to build on at Mike Rist said I'm happy with a point away considering their position in the league got to build from this and take three at Ebbsfleet yeah great point at Gorillas 1985 says we still need to win we are still not getting the rub of the green though as Dayton hits the bar and then they take the lead a minute later hashtag positive LRFC I like <laughs> it at a Cowan underscore DRE another name I don't recognise shame we keep switching off and making simple mistakes not quite gelled going forwards but better we were the better team in my opinion versus the team third in the league which fits in really yeah. well with what Dan had said Absolutely. so that's really positive at Matty LRFC Evans says came back from what looked like an inevitable defeat still questions for me about Davis if we lose the next game he will be gone at Marquios 1106 said to fight back twice shows that this team can do a job nothing to change my mind that Davis needs to go three points in 30 is woeful yeah Jaffa Shamuti says better much much better more a team lesser gathering of headless chickens hopefully now they've found one another they can maintain it fan underscore England says three points from 30 two more goals conceded uh, three points from the drop zone. Result will probably prolong the agony of having a clueless manager. Hashtag Davis out. At Bradley Ackers 95 says, happy with a point, but the last two times we have got a good point, we lose the next three or four matches. Davis still has to go for me. A good point there. That we've had sentence. games where we feel like we may be turning a corner and, and then the next ball. couple of games yeah. it goes down. So good points there. Yeah, Pandemonium 1881 said, sloppy defending for both goals, criminal for their first. But we fought back twice and defended very well the last five minutes under pressure. 
better at Charlie underscore Paul. So it's a great point away against a good team. The first 10 minutes were awful, but we did come back and show some fight. Certainly something to build on. So I'm hoping we lost so Steve Davis got sacked. That is embarrassing. I wanted Steve out on Tuesday, but if he turns it around, then I'll say fair play and back him. Yeah, and final word uh, this week goes to at Orient Fan TV, who said, would like to see his performance give us the boost to go on a run. Still shaky at the back, though, but we'll take the point. Up the O's. Yep, so thank you for all your tweets and emails this week. Anything you want to say about the O's, give us a tweet at Orient Outlook or give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com, whether you're hashtag Davis in or whether you're hashtag Davis out. Ooh, controversial. Let us know. So Prediction League update. Well done yesterday to at Nina and at Fleety LOFC. And happy birthday again, who both said two all. But well played to at Bendy Bollard, at Nice Shot Steve, at East 1975, and at London Gary W, who all predicted two all and a goal scorer. So got four points, getting themselves a bonus point. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. So unexpected item O tops the league. Nice Shot Steve is second, and Jack underscore Gibbo seven is in third. Full table is on our Facebook page. So thank you to everybody for all your predictions predictions this week yep now we're recording early on Sunday earlier than what we would normally do so the prediction league sorry the fancy football league update will be slightly premature this week yep so it's a Sunday morning podcast so no Sunday news to tell you about yet because it's not happened unless you get in a time machine and go to the future aka uh, Martin McFly style but we can't because we don't have one so fantasy football Broken. update Rob Langley leads currently first place in 542 points with Johnny Bloom in second on 534 points I'm in 130th, but having a shocker, so we won't talk about that. But you were 142nd a couple of weeks ago, so you're doing well. Oh, I'll end up, in the right I way. will go massively down this week. Really? Yeah. Okay, shame. shame. So, positives. <laughs> no, it is. Positives and negatives uh, this week. Uh, we equal, positives. Uh, we equalised yeah. twice, coming from behind to get a valuable point. Yeah, well done. Uh, obviously, positive that Matt Harold's now yeah. returned. Uh, Zane Westbrook's performance uh, and he's making on his debut yeah, so well, well done Zane. Well done, Zane and happy birthday again and also Charlie Granger making some outstanding uh, game defining saves at the end yeah, of the well done, Charlie. so well done Charlie so you've done the positives I'll do the negatives so first of all Tuesday night was awful that was as bad as what I've probably seen in a long time second negative is the current home form lost five on the trot at Brisbane Road and fits in with our form overall of taking only three points from the last 30 available, which is drawn three, lost seven. Third negative, can't keep a clean sheet. Yesterday concede after 42 seconds. Um, and to finish off the negatives, in a lack of desire from some players. This is more about Tuesday night because it sounded like yesterday yeah. the desire was there to fight back for the point. And lastly, back to Tuesday night, three formation changes in a half just doesn't work for anyone. So... Glad that that was Tuesday and not yesterday as they kept with the formation. So coming out of the negatives are some positives. So moving on in, Hero of the Week. Hero of the Week, we are giving it this week to the 256 travelling away fans. So well done to you all. Although yeah. Charlie Granger got it last week um, and is probably quite deserving of it again yeah, this week. Yeah, same with Zane Westbrook who was considered but not deemed uh worthy of winning it just yet but I'm sure he will go on to win it at some point during yes. his loan spell with the club so next week's fixtures just the one fixture next week as we travel to League One Gillingham on Saturday the 4th of November so if you're going there have a very safe journey uh, the first round of the FA Cup awaits us the Jules have had a tough season they're 22nd in League One at the moment after their best performance of the season yesterday beating Rotherham yeah, away 3-1 good spot done very well yesterday so like yeah. we've said if you go and have a safe journey let us know how your journey goes and obviously give us loads of tweets from the game. So that's it. 
Thanks for joining us for episode 120 as we are steamrolling on towards the big 150 now, which is getting in sight. So it's been another tough week at the O's and for Steve Davis in particular, Tuesday night saw the loudest calls for his sacking after the poor defeat at home to Gateshead. But to be fair to Steve and the team, your away game yesterday to Wrexham saw a much improved performance with the team showing great character to fight back after going twice behind. So hopefully we can show that character and fight in the upcoming weeks and get ourselves out of the tough position we find ourselves now in. The youth team had a decent week making it through to the next round of the FA Cup and getting a draw on Saturday as well. So well done as well to Danny and the boys. Well done, guys. Yeah, brilliant. We'll be back with episode 121 on Sunday, the 12th of November, with all the information, news and views that you would ever need. Yeah, so that's two weeks. We're not doing next Sunday as Mr. Levy is away sunning himself and it is also his birthday in less than two weeks, so this is the last time you're recording a podcast as a 37-year-old man. Yes, so thank you very much for reminding me. Thirty-eight <laughs> birthday for a week on Thursday. I will Cheers, definitely mate. call you out on Twitter and make sure everyone joins in the celebrations thank of the you. birth of the bearded no, legend. No need, but thank you very much. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you all have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them if you've an older relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast uh, help them out either grab their phone or let them listen to it on your tablet mobile device whatever it is and share the love yeah absolutely so um do you want to do the introduction to the playout song? Or we oh yeah, it? so we went with um, George Michael's Faith last week, yep. but we're going to go for a little bit more up-tempo this week with uh, the one and only John Bon Jovi, Keeping the Faith. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Safe travels um, to everybody who is going uh, to Gillingham next week. Thanks for listening, and we're coming in at under an hour. Yeah, Lovely. brilliant. So have a great fortnight, enjoy the O's games, and we'll be back two weeks today on the 12th of November. Have a we great will. fortnight. Up the O's. Up the O's.